This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. It is Monday, December 5th. Thanks for joining us on Real Talk. Ryan Jesperson here. John Hicks behind the controls. Hey, yo. As we get set for another award-winning week of uh, Real Talk about news, politics, and pop culture. People will say, well, what awards have you won? I don't know. (laughs) Our family, friends, and loved ones tell us they love the show. Yeah, we appreciate everybody that's in touch with us. And uh, we wish you a happy Monday morning. It's uh, it's been a busy one for us as, as behind the scenes. There's been some teardown on Friday. There was uh, a way for us to connect with and recognize our sponsors and friends of the show over the weekend. We had a little uh, soiree. A little soiree, a little yeah, holiday housewarming for us to be able to, to reach out to in, in most circumstances, not all, but many of the circumstances, family owned businesses. Mm-hmm. These were the business owners that partner with us that present real talk each and every morning. A way to kind of show off the studio and uh, show them some of the things happening behind the scenes. But it also involved uh, me looking at you and saying, can you pull out basically all the cables, all the wires, take down yeah. all the mics, lift the lights, yeah. lift the cameras, yeah, so change the inputs on the TVs. Yeah. Tell us in the chat if things are off. But they, they seem <laughs> on. We did some tests here. They seem like yeah. they're running. Knock on wood. Knock on the white oak of our urban timber table here. Ooh. As uh, we get set, we'll talk to Charles Adler in just a second. And then Saturday, did you know? The real talk. Did you even know? Was it on your radar? International Day for Persons with Disabilities. Brad Bark, who's a great friend of this show, he's an advocate, he's a consultant, he's a, an entrepreneur. The, the guy really is remarkable. Uh, he'll be joining us for the second time in his history on this show uh, to talk about the day itself. He's just found out, and we'll get the details. He's been nominated for one of these uh, Platinum Jubilee medals, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee medals for his uh, community contributions. And, uh, of course, Brad's always, uh, he's, he's working with, like, you remember, maybe he was he joined us maybe, I think, about a year ago on the show, something like that. And he, he works with, like, bars and restaurants and, and other businesses uh, to help them achieve what would, what would qualify as inclusive design. And this is personal for Brad. You know, he's, he's out with his wife, for example. He, he's, he'll tell us the story. He'll, they'll, they'll get set, Johnny, to go out for like a night on the town. Mm. And Brad will have to call. He'll, he'll, in many circumstances, call like 15 or 20 places until he uh, truly can have the confidence that he's not going to show up and find that the restaurant itself is inaccessible. Uh, but there's a lot of subtle things, too. There's a lot of nuances to this. And so I thought that maybe uh, if we're going to talk the talk on things like uh, inclusion and on things like diversity, then we want to better understand some of the circumstances that other people encounter on an everyday basis. So Brad's going to join us. The guy's a force of nature. I don't know that I've ever met somebody uh, with a more positive attitude and and somebody that's that's fueled uh, by by some of the factors that that really I think you will agree uh, when you assess that interview when you hear it just a little bit is fueled by all the right reasons and uh, so I'm looking forward to that conversation plus positive reflections presented by Kubi Energy today we're going to introduce you to Van Gogh the one-eared rescue dog who's got a pretty great story yes. <laughs> a pretty great story. Uh, I should don't show it yet, but for those that are going to watch this on YouTube, you can always, of course, if you're listening to the podcast, check out our YouTube edition. If you hear us talking about videos or photos that you want to check out, when I sent you the images of Van mm-hmm. Gogh, the dog, the rescue, a former bait dog, by the way, he's a, a pit bull, has like a, a pretty remarkable rescue story. But uh, Van Gogh has learned to paint, and uh, just to be honest, to go back to our conversations about art, okay, that Van Gogh painting, the dog painting. 
Could could you see it going for a few million bucks? Now that's a painting I'd hang in my house. <laughs> that's a painting worth millions. Yes, exactly. And you know I hate art, so yeah, Johnny hates art, <laughs> as everybody knows who watches the show. Uh, asterisk, uh, inside joke, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, we're I get to talk to Adler as well. By the way, uh, Doctor Jordan Peterson, the uh, the noted, uh, if, whether you want to call him a, a famous or infamous uh, psychologist and an author and a public speaker, obviously his popularity has has blasted off the charts in the past number of years uh not everybody loves him uh but those who love him really do he was trending on twitter this morning and so i thought i'd, I'd check out exactly why and he's just he's gone off on the he was he was calling out uh, jugmeet singh over the weekend uh mr singh the leader of the federal ndp had 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 some things to say about Canada's horrific history and the ongoing epidemic what do you want to call it that's not a sufficient word the, i mean the, the there are it is alleged that there is at least one and perhaps more serial killers operating. In particular, it seems to be in Western Canada. Everybody knows about BC's Highway of Tears. Uh, Manitoba has its own uh, horrific things happening right now, and we're going to be talking more about that through this week. But Jagmeet Singh uh, tweets and posts about missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls in Canada, and Jordan Peterson just absolutely rips him one, absolutely blasts him uh, for what he describes essentially as performative public statements. Well, well Peterson's got, this has been the past number of days just just really going off on on not necessarily just that uh but but other things that he has deemed to be to be woke for example Qantas the airline uh Australia's national carrier uh, as Dr. Peterson was flying uh, to western Australia the airline uh, you know plays a message including a land acknowledgement at the beginning of the flights well, Peterson just goes off and he's got millions of followers. Keep in mind, he says, I really could do without land acknowledgement propaganda delivered to me by a corporate behemoth, uh, Bequantis. I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels that way. Stick to flying and stick to making money. I don't want or need moral lessons from you. He doubles down after his original tweet gains some attention, to say the least. And he says it's corporate propaganda. Uh, plain and simple, self-righteous, meaningless, hypocritical, woke nonsense. And it's increasingly everywhere. And I didn't ask to participate as a customer. That from Dr. Jordan Peterson. I'm pretty eager to get that in front of Charles Adler, uh, as well as some of the other news that's been developing in our neck of the woods. In our part of the world, Alberta's Premier Danielle Smith says that they're going back to the drawing board, not tearing up their Bill 1, this so-called Sovereignty Act. Uh, not so-called. It's the Sovereignty Act or the United Canada Act. That's Bill 1. But she says they're going to be uh, re-examining it, and they're going to change the bill uh, after confusion over powers given to cabinet. I'm referencing a piece in the Globe and Mail by Salman Faruqi. Uh, of course, all of the political watchers and all of the correspondents are going to be talking about this this week. But uh, just over the weekend, on Saturday, the premier said there, there was some confusion, she acknowledged, over wording in the Alberta Sovereignty Within a United Canada Act that made it possible. And we talked about this. This was one of the key points that people were describing as undemocratic, right? I mean, our Friday roundtable, our Real Talk roundtable focused on this, uh, making it possible for cabinet to change law without getting approval from the legislature first. And she says that that kind of executive power was not intended. Uh, when, a, when a government acknowledges that something could have been better and takes it back to the drawing board, does it impress you? Or does it lead you to believe that maybe they don't know what they're doing? 
does, does it cause you to gain or lose confidence in that government? I'm curious to know what you'll tell us uh, to our hashtag. That's Real Talk RJ. It's where you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram anytime. And of course, our live chat as well. If you feel like you've got a little more to say than Twitter permits, you don't want to roll out a big, huge, long thread. You can always send us an email as well to talk at ryanjesperson.com. You know, our hashtag is powered by our friends at Park Power at parkpower.ca today. It's a great day to check rates on internet, electricity, and natural gas. It's the time of year you're going to be using more electricity, most likely, and most likely you're going to be using more natural gas as well. The prices are higher than most people have been accustomed to over the past number of years, which makes your choice of provider that much more important. It takes less than five minutes to bring your business over to Park Power. I can tell you that with confidence because it took me less than five minutes. And the promo code 2022-REALTALK is going to knock $70 off your first bill at parkpower.ca. Hey, the deals continue at McBain Camera. And if you're still looking for that perfect gift for the creator in your life, look no further. Right now, you can save up to $450 on Canon cameras and lenses during McBain's holiday sale. Photographers, video content creators know that the Canon EOS R6 is a phenomenal choice for your next camera. The relentless powerhouse featuring a vivid 20 megapixel full frame sensor 4K cinematic video recording. How big of a deal is that, Johnny? Huge. Huge. And the ability to take photos at a blistering 12 frames per second. Perfect for shooting sports, wildlife, what have you. The EOS R6 body from Canon, just $39.99 right now, including a free backpack, a spare battery, plus a 128-gig memory card. You can visit them at mcbaincamera.com right now to see a full list of Canon holiday season deals, or you can visit them in-store. And don't forget, all purchases at McBain backed by a 30-day price protection so you can shop with confidence. McBain, create to inspire. Well, we're lucky to have Charles Adler joining us every Monday morning, the Titan of Talk, an Emmy Award winner, RTDNA Lifetime Achievement Award winner, and of course, the man that makes that Real Talk snapback cap look so damn good. You can get your own under the merch link at ryanjesperson.com. Chuck, you know I had to plug the cap. You wear it so well. What can I say? I I love the cap. Uh, I I love ball caps, uh, period. And every now and then I ask myself, you know, should I wear another one of my ball caps like Ferguson's? Should I, should I wear this one? Oh, let's see. Which one is this? Is that a oh Winnipeg Jets hat? Uh, but then I decided no, I should, I should just. No, you want it. You'd rather rep the cap of a winning team, and so you're going with Team Real Talk. I love. Wish that. I could do this without the. Wish I could do this without the. The headsets. It's okay. Don't you sometimes wish you could do your show without the headsets? Well, uh, there's a certain comfort and security that comes with wearing the cans, oh, right? as okay. they call them, the, the headphones right. as well. It makes me, I don't know, what can I say? Uh, it makes me sort of like feel like it's a little bit more intimate, the conversation, you know? Uh-huh. Um, the best part is you were adjusting your headset is that you didn't happen. Your earphones were off just long enough for you to hear me take a big swipe at your beloved Winnipeg Jets, but, but that's <laughs> <laughs> perfectly fine. Well, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> Uh, Winnipeg, of course, and Winnipeg and Calgary are my two adopted hometowns. Just the, just the way my, my life has worked out. But of course, I'm originally from Montreal. I left Montreal in the, in the '70s. I was a, I was a kid when I left Montreal. Anyway, um, I grew up with the Montreal Canadiens. They were religion in our household and every other household in in, in Quebec. That was a, a different breed of Canadians. It was uh, I, I don't want to get into nostalgia here, but it was it was a lot different than what we have uh, t- today. 
Um, we absolutely dominated the league. And of course, I grew up in the, in the six-team era. In any case, um, the other night I'm watching uh, the Oilers and I'm rooting for the Oilers and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just nuts for what's happening. And they, they won the game five to two. And I'm not saying that I wasn't aware of who the visitors were, but I was just so into what Connor McJesus and his, his fellow Oilers were doing. And I just realized at the end of the game, I, I was just so, so, so cheered up about uh, how they had played. Uh, that they, they were playing the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> so it, it said to me that, uh, you know, the, the umbilical cord has been cut. Yes. You know, it's always it's always so nice to beat, in particular, the Habs or the Leafs on home ice because those are the two teams where their fan base, they draw more fans. So the road yeah. team actually has, and I'm not telling anybody that goes to games regularly anything they don't already know, uh, but, but typically it's the visiting team that has the most fans in the stands for those two visits in particular. And so that's why those wins feel oh so good. I've seen some critics suggesting that, that without McDavid and Dreisaitl, that the Oilers might be a lottery team. That, that, that they might be sort of racing uh, you know, to the bottom. They might be in the race for Connor Bedard, this phenom coming out of the Regina Pats organization. And, and I've seen this criticism that without McDavid and Dreisaitl, the Oilers are just a lousy hockey team. And, and, and I've come to the assessment after watching the game that you're talking about over the weekend. The fact of the matter is we do have McDavid and Dreisaitl. So it doesn't matter what we would look like without McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's like saying, you know, Seinfeld would suck without Seinfeld, except for Seinfeld had Seinfeld. So what's your point? I don't don't take those things seriously. Uh, First of all, you know, I I covered the teams for for many years, all kinds of teams, including, of course, uh, the Jets, because I was part of the broadcast crew. Um, And I got to know the Jets and I got to know other teams and I got to know the the Oilers. I got to know the Messies, the Gretzkys and, and, you know, the gods of, gods of hockey so regardless of who i would uh, personally root for uh, i just admire excellence in, in any sport any piece of music and it was impossible not to admire the oilers here's the deal the gretzky's and the coffees and you know today the, the mcdavid's and the dry cycles they make everybody better i mean without getting into uh, you know too much inside hockey or inside baseball as we say um the the Oilers, mostly Oilers, especially the youngest ones, they feared Mark Messier far more than they feared Glenn Sather. And and that's just the way it is on, on hockey teams. When you when you've got these, you know, big guys, when you've got these leaders, they make everyone better. So for someone to say, well, you know, would the Oilers have been the Oilers without uh, without Messier and and and, and Gretzky and, and Anderson and Coffey? Well, it's a ridiculous uh, comment. It's just as ridiculous today to say. Uh, would the Oilers be as hot without uh, Dreisaitl and you know and and uh, the guy I call my Jesus McDavid? <laughs> it just it just it just doesn't work because that's just not the way leadership works. I mean, it's it's the same in politics. You know, there are certain leaders that make the cabinet members better, that make the caucus better. Uh, there are others who, who who don't have that. I mean, you know, why did an Aaron O'Toole and you know Andrew Shear? Why did they fade? They didn't just fade because they lost elections. They, they they faded because they did not lift their cabinet. They did not lift their caucus. Mm. And so when uh, you know when 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 the losses were registered, those folks just didn't support them. Um, and once again, I don't want to get too too deep inside this, but 
it, it's 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 the same in companies. You know, um, once again, I'll go to uh, I'll go to Edmonton here for for this uh, particular example. Um, Alden Deal, okay, uh, Alden Deal and and uh, Vern, uh, the, the cowboy, the late great uh, Vern Trail, um, Jerry Forbes' uh, dad and Marty Forbes' dad. Um, you know, the, 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 I, I, I could go on and on here, but but the point is that those people who led six thirty Ched, which is a station that you and I were both affiliated with, station that was your your home base. I'm mm. talking about the the, the Ched of the the nineteen seventies, eighties, and nineties. Um, when people still leaders, listen to it, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Those leaders made all of us who were associated with them much better. You know, Moffat Communications owned. Uh, the station at the time, and I, I was, uh, you know, Randy Moffat was my my, my boss. Um, he owned the, he owned the company, and I had my deal with him. And I never signed a contract with him, never, and because because it was well known in in the industry that a handshake with with Randy Moffat is worth more than any contract that you could ever have with anybody else. I so don't I, know. I, I don't know. know about, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I how I feel about that. To be honest with you, really, you think these days would you would you no, ever no, no, would I'm you ever these days? Yeah, no, media, no, no, I would never media these days. Not yes, a no. chance. Anybody would no, ever. No, 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 I mean, the, the, no. The, the, the no. bean counters run the businesses, and yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the moment you're above a certain uh, uh, certain pay grade, but the moment you're you're hitting a, a a certain number, you know, they want you gone. I mean, yeah. and the, the, all, all I'm saying is that in every organization, whether whether it's hockey. Uh, or, or or companies, and you know, to, to go to what we were just talking about, you know, I'm a small business guy. That's why I love the small businesses that that support you. I love the small businesses that have supported me and and my colleagues over, over the years. Without them, we're, we're you know we're nothing, just absolutely nothing. I I can't I can't sit around you know sucking up to corporate America or, or corporate Canada. Uh, those aren't those aren't the people who uh, who keep us alive. Yeah. The same with the, you know the energy industry. I mean, people can. Uh, talk all they want about uh, the 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 huge energy companies that are making all kinds of uh, all kinds of money. The people I care about are all of their contractors and subcontractors, and those are the guys that I want to see as prosperous as possible. But uh, but I think we're we're going a bit you know farther afield than than we want to. All, all that needs to be said here is that leadership matters, whether it's leadership of a government, leadership of a company, leadership of a show. And I think we're going to end up uh, swerving into the leadership of, of of Alberta because that is uh, extremely controversial right yes. now. And I've got I've got to dispense with my old stuff. Uh, you know, I, I've been told by by, by people I trust uh, who have uh, gotten to me, and they say, "They Chuck, you you, you got to drop the fact that you know her and that you knew her, and that when you were breaking down uh, with with Ryan and the other panel members two elections ago because you were asked about uh, the." The barbaric practices hotline, and why you ended up leaving the you know movement conservatism. I did get overly emotional. My my head was filled with all kinds of horrific feelings, and she actually held my hand. And I'm grateful for the fact that she showed me compassion. And I've been told by like as I say, people I I trust that I got to dump all of that. I got to treat her fairly and squarely, like I would any other. A political leader and right now you know that uh, it's a screw up yeah uh, well yeah i mean I'll, let's jump into it i there's uh 
mixed reaction to to obviously the sovereignty act. I mean, I I uh, you know I I read over the weekend uh, Rex Murphy in the National Post, who uh, man for years uh, I I I attended the Church of Rex. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. he you know he's, he wrote that book Canada and other matters of opinion, and I just thought that the, the the title of the book was so brilliant. I had an opportunity to interview him a couple of times, and we've always really respected what Rex Murphy brought to the table. And then it just seems like he's just gone off the deep end of I, I don't know what anyway. But he's suggesting uh, his premise in his most recent column is that Danielle Smith must be doing something right. We can we can reference this. People can read it for themselves in the National Post. Um, happy to point people toward the column. Uh, Rex is the only guy who trends on Twitter all the time without having a Twitter account. So so all power to him on this one. But he says when 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 Justin Trudeau, when Chuck Meet Singh, and when the Toronto media are all against Danielle Smith, you know she must be doing something right. Uh, which obviously, I mean, not not to be a, a geek and a nerd about it, but there's there's a logical fallacy there. Uh, but I digress. He writes, here is Premier Smith's three pieces of good luck. Ontario's pundits are scornful of her legislation. He's calling them the media elite. Uh, and both Jagmeet Singh and his partner, Prime Minister, are desperately against it. He says, so there's her three pieces of good luck. There's the proof that she must be right. And then the very final line in his op-ed over the weekend uh, he says on one major point she is totally wrong (laughs) more on this in my next column Uh, oh yeah by the way (laughs) on one major point she's totally wrong i have to assume the next column's not out yet but i have to assume that it has something to do around the confusion the premier's words not mine over wording in that sovereignty act that makes it possible for cabinet to change laws without getting any approval i asked the audience this out of the gates Uh, right now chuck i'll ask you when a premier or a political leader, you want to talk about leadership characters, you want to talk about traits that impress or the opposite. When a political leader acknowledges that there's something wrong with legislation, says we'll take it back to the drawing board, does that impress you or does it have the opposite effect? It tells me she's an amateur. I had the problems with Jason Kenney. I don't want to go over the laundry list of that. He was at one time a, a, a close ally, a colleague, a friend, and uh, that got busted up uh, just before the uh, the election that he won when uh, he had a horrible night at the office, as I would say, I said things that I, I didn't expect, and I was forced to react in a way that uh, severed our, our relationship. So having said all of that, Jason Kenney was never an amateur. Jason Kenney always did his homework. Jason Kenney was a pro. Did he have serious character deficits? Absolutely. And that's what severed the relationship. But, but this idea of sending your signature piece of legislation, sending it to rehab and back to the drawing board, whichever, you know, word pictures you want to paint, that's something that only amateurs do. It could never have happened with Jason Kenney. It could never have happened with whether people like him or not, with Justin Trudeau. It does not happen with the pros. And I'll, I'll throw some conservative old heroes of mine, you know, Peter Lougheed, Bill Davis, Lincoln Alexander, many, many others. Uh, Mulroney. I had my, my problems with Mulroney, but Mulroney was a pro. Can you imagine Mulroney bringing out a signature piece of legislation and within days saying, got to send it back, got to send it back. We're, we're sending it to the dry cleaners. And of course, what really matters here isn't the words. She can rearrange the words all she likes. 
her motivation is terrible. Her motivation is to use this as a gimmick so that she can fight Justin Trudeau instead of Rachel Notley. Of course, she'll just tie Rachel Notley to Justin Trudeau. It's so transparent. You know, uh, when you're an illusionist, you can't be telling people in Vegas how you do the illusion. You're supposed to do the illusion. She's telling people. That, too, is, I have to say it, Bush League. Mm. And, and it's not going to work. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter that she's got this base of 20 or 30% of people who will vote for her no matter what because she's not the other guy, kind of like the Rex Murphy piece. Um, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to like Danielle Smith because Justin Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh aren't crazy about her. That, 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 that's, that, that's crazy talk. Mm. I've got a couple points here I wanted to reference. Obviously, we really appreciate the contributions made in our live chat every morning. Tracy says legislation is often redrafted up to the day it's presented and cabinet often requires changes at the last minute. Uh, meantime, Jess says back to the drawing board is used for different reasons, uh, which Jess is right. It says in this case, I think they tried to pull one over and they failed. So to me, it says we got caught and we'll change it. Uh, Hope says it's amateur hour at the legislature right now. Uh, I want to cover a couple of other stories before we run out of time. We're up against the, the wall here, Chuck, and, and there's a guy. I mean, I opened talking about Jordan Peterson, and this guy, I mean, obviously everybody knows who Jordan Peterson is. He was trending on Twitter, so I had to check out why. Uh, he went on that, that rant about Qantas. He, he doesn't want to hear, he says, land acknowledgments when he's flying. He says they should stick to flying and making money. He calls it self-righteous, meaningless, hypocritical, woke nonsense. Uh, this on the heels of another tweet that I wanted to put. I don't know if you saw this or not. Did you see Jugmeet Singh? It's it's not funny. I don't want to roll into this laughing. Uh, yeah. uh, Jugmeet Singh says, and he's right. I mean, you look at the crisis that's happening in Manitoba right now. Law enforcement saying there's a serial killer on the loose. I don't have to remind this audience about the Highway of Tears, though. Let's continually remind ourselves. Let's keep talking about this in B.C., uh, this is an epidemic of, of epic proportions. It's a national tragedy and a national disgrace. Uh, the, the dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of indigenous women and girls that have gone missing or have been confirmed murdered, Charles. And, and Jagmeet Singh, regardless how you feel about him politically, regardless how you feel about the NDP, to me, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. He says white supremacy, misogyny, and racism continues to contribute to this ongoing genocide. And we must confront it. Now, he's, I don't, he's, I don't he, see anything in particular that's uh, even remotely close to wrong about that. But, of course, Dr. Jordan Peterson, to let me just check quickly how many followers yeah. he has, to his three and a half million followers tweets, you are so utterly sickening, you pathetic panderer, Jagmeet Singh. Thoughts? Well, the, the, guy, who, the guy who's been pandering um, <laughs> for the last number of years and doing a great job of, of pandering, it's, it's given him a great living, is Jordan Peterson. You know, he panders to the the grievance crowd. He panders to basically, you know, white males who feel ripped off about the fact that uh, white males don't have the privilege they once did. I don't have to take it any beyond that. Everyone understands what I'm talking about. That's Peterson's crowd. And, uh, you know, the, the white males want it uh, to be constantly asserted that racism has nothing to do with missing and murdered indigenous women. In the latest case, and this is why Jagmeet Singh put this out, We've got a, a serial killer in Winnipeg who happens to be, uh, I'll, I'll use the legal stuff here so we don't get into problems with the lawyers, sure. alleged alleged serial killer and the uh, person, the, the accused, um, the, you know, so, so the guy who's allegedly connected 
to the murder of several indigenous women in Winnipeg. Uh, the accused has a Facebook page. And on the Facebook page, he is a misogynist, he is a racist, and he is a white supremacist. And that is why Jagmeet Singh put that out. So I would just ask Dr. Peterson or anyone who agrees with Dr. Peterson, do those women have the right to exist? Do they have the right to live? And do they have the right not to be killed by people who feel they don't have the right to live because they're women and they're indigenous? And, and, and if, if, you, if you answer those questions like any sensible person, you'll understand why Jagmeet Singh put out what he did. You've got to get beyond the fact that Jagmeet Singh is the leader of the NDP. You've got to get beyond the fact that Jagmeet Singh is not a white person, if that somehow troubles you, if that represents to you that white people don't have the privilege they once did, because at one time, all of our political leaders were white. You just have to get past all of that. And if you don't want to think about those things, that's your problem, not Jagmeet Singh's problem, and not the majority of Canadians' problem. Yes, there is racism in, the, in this country, and yes, it definitely gets attached to this particular issue. And every person who's on Jordan Peterson's list wants me to say this. The women who are missing and murdered, most of the women who are missing and murdered, when the investigations are done, are connected to Indigenous men. That's what they want me to say. And of course, that to these people proves that racism has nothing to do with it. But of course, that too is intellectually barren. It's daft. It's moronic. If anyone thinks that racism has nothing to do with why all of these people are in this situation right now, I simply ask you to, to, to get a library book and read. And whether you want to call it genocide or something else, it's obvious that our original sin in this country is what was done to our indigenous peoples. And it was done to them because the people running the country were white supremacists, were racists. And if you, if you want to disagree with that, disagree all you want. But all I'm doing is leaning on the facts. Opinions that are not tethered to facts are worthless. They're small talk. They're Jordan Peterson talk. They're Rex Murphy talk. I would say that if, if racism truly had nothing to do uh, with this national tragedy and this national disgrace, uh, I, I think that we would probably see the nation take it a little bit more seriously. That there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases where indigenous women and girls have gone missing or have been confirmed to be killed, and yet still it continues. If 600 white women from suburban communities across the country, Charles, had gone missing or had been confirmed to be killed, there would be demands. There would be pitchforks and torches outside every legislature outside parliament from people demanding that this be taken seriously demanding updates on the investigation and yet we don't have it so when we look at this tweet from dr peterson here's the thing that struck me immediately when a national party leader like jagmeet singh puts in front of the country uh, an insistence a demand that we address white supremacy misogyny and racism to address this there to push back like Dr. Jordan Peterson did, to me, I can think of only three 
reasons of only three motivations. Number one, okay, and and, and let me finish because I know that this is going to sound ridiculous, but if there's a fourth option, I'd be curious to know what it was. Either number one, you feel like white supremacists, misogynists, and racists are being given a bad name by being rolled into the conversation about missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Either you feel like you need to jump to the defense of white supremacists, misogynists, and racists. Number two, either you feel like you must defend the killers because you feel like they're being smeared as white supremacists, misogynists, and racists. So it's going to go in either one of those two directions. Or number three, you have such a disdain and such a hatred for the leader of the federal NDP or for that party that you will take your fight to almost any hill and you will die on that hill and it has not struck Dr. Peterson that picking a fight on the battlefield around missing and murdered indigenous women and girls is an appropriate venue. And that, to me, says everything about where this guy's head is at. Well, in, in, in Winnipeg, uh, we just say that uh, people like that are uh, sacks of shit. Okay? That's just a, an expression that's that's used in Winnipeg uh, when uh, somebody is doing exactly what you're using right now as something that's a sword, okay, that pierces the heart of what this issue is about. And it's, of course, not just Jordan Peterson, but it's the millions of people who follow Jordan Peterson. And it's many people in this country who, as you said a few moments ago, give certain heinous issues that have everything to do with the right to live, the right to exist, and they give these issues a pass because the faces are not white faces. It's difficult to talk about. I don't like talking about it. There's nothing about this that makes me feel comfortable, but I understand that it's real. And to try to pretend it isn't, I mean, Jordan Peterson uh, puts it right in the shop window for you, and it's ugly and, and it smells. Most people don't put it in the shop window. Most people, as you say, simply don't get as exercised about missing and murdered indigenous women as they would about missing and murdered white women. There, we've said it. It's called Real Talk. Charles Adler, every Monday here on the show. It's a blessing for us, Chuck, and I know the audience looks forward to it every single week. We'll talk to you again in seven days. Thanks a lot, my friend. You got it. You can follow Chuck on Twitter, obviously, at Charles Adler. Brad Bartko coming up in just a moment. These conversations are presented uh, by our amazing Real Talk sponsors like our friends at Friesen Brothers who want you to know if you go online right now, Friesen.com, F-R-E-S-O-N.com, you'll be able to order your Christmas gift boxes. They're officially taking orders. Do not wait until they're sold out because they will. Gift buying is easier with Friesen Brothers hand-packed gift boxes. All items carefully chosen to suit all tastes and budgets. You can also customize them to a theme, a person, an occasion. Uh, your gift box can be a perfect gift for somebody who has everything. Just check out Friesen.com slash gifts. Plus, the Christmas dinner box orders are now open. As of December 1st, the Ukrainian-inspired Christmas dinner box available to order from their chef prepared teams very easy to reheat this is what our family does just to let you know it lets us set the table and spend quality time with each other it includes traditional christmas treats roasted turkey in store made cranberry sauce nothing out of a can gravy tray buns plus ukrainian favorites like pierogies 
And of course, that creamy dill sauce. Nothing like it. You can add on Ukrainian fried sausage, lazy cabbage rolls, cheese balls, pumpkin or apple pies, and of course, their famous Granny Loveson's Christmas cake. All the details at Friesen.com. Our friends at Eden Landscaping, uh, they're not going to try to pretend like it's not winter outside. We all know that. It is reiterated every morning when we look out the window, but that doesn't mean that their team takes the winter off. Oh, no. They're already working on design plans, bringing outdoor spaces to life as soon as the ground thaws this spring. There might be more that goes into the perfect landscape installation, more than you might think, including pulling property reports, right? They got to do all this stuff, you know, understanding the utilities underneath you. If you want the retaining wall to go here, the water feature to go there, they're going to have to work around that. You may need a few months to make sure all the pieces are in place to have your outdoor space looking like the oasis it can be by next summer. Today is a great day to contact Mike and his team at Eden Landscaping. You'll find them at landscapeedmonton.ca. And this next interview is presented by our friends at Athabasca University. It's Canada's open university. You know, if you're looking to maybe start fresh, maybe take a next step forward, maybe give yourself an entirely new opportunity in 2023, remember that the Athabasca University experience is different from other universities by design. They're more accessible, more flexible, more equitable, and more personalized for everyone. If you want to know, yeah, but how, check out the How AU Works drop-down menu at AthabascaU.ca. You can find more about studying there, about their first year online, and what that might look like for you what flexible and open really means and plus participate in an AU open house all of the opportunities today at athabascau.ca well saturday was international day for persons with disabilities and of course the focus through that day well it'll differ depending on where you are around the world depending on what your personal circumstance looks like Our guest is a disability advocate, he's a consultant, he's an entrepreneur, and quite frankly, he's a force of nature. He's a wonderful friend of this show, and it's a pleasure to welcome back Brad Barco. My man, a good Monday morning to you. What did your weekend look like? Good morning, Jesper. Thanks so much for having me. I didn't know I was... I didn't know I was going to be the presence of two living legends. I didn't know Johnny Infamous was here as well. And, uh, you know, it's it's so great to uh, to be here and, and, and finally have this conversation. The, the weekend was great, obviously. I, I was supposed to attend the Oilers game, uh, obviously National Disability Day, and I, I ended up uh, jumping on a committee in the city of Spruce Grove, and we planned a bunch of stuff out there. We ended up uh, actually doing the puck drop at the Spruce Grove Saints game. Uh, they were the first... As, as far as we know, the first city outside of Edmonton to officially proclaim the day as National Disability Day. So it was not only a huge day, but a very monumental and historic day as well. And uh, I, I was so glad to be a part of it. We had Oilers alumni, Brian Benny there, as well as a, a mental health advocate, real good friend of mine, Chris Marks, and a couple other uh, disability advocates out in the out in the town. And it was uh, it was a fantastic day. But I'm I'm happy to be here and. Uh, 
and take a few minutes to chat with you. And, and thanks so much for having me. Well, obviously, man, you're always welcome. And, and I was I was teeing up your appearance a little bit earlier on in the show. And I said that this guy just like just exudes this energy and you have this strength of conviction. And I think a big part of that, and, and obviously we're going to get into your perspective on, on what you do and and uh, what accessible by design looks like. This We're going to talk about your company, you and your wife. I know I've been doing a ton of work on, on accessibility and inclusion. Uh, but this all comes from a place of great personal conviction that goes beyond just your personal circumstance, right? Like it's not, it's not just, it's not just you trying to make your life easier. It's, it's you looking big picture, uh, talking to land developers, talking to to architects, talking to entrepreneurs, business owners, bar owners, restaurant owners. Uh, You, you've really taken on a lot and and that's why we thought right around the time of International Day with Persons with Disabilities, you would be a, a great person to speak to this because I know you're going to shoot straight with us and give us an honest assessment of, of how as a society we're doing and whether or not you're seeing progress in the consulting work that you're doing. Uh, as a whole, the city, as a whole, let's be quite honest, the country's behind. Uh, we're probably, I, my personal opinion, we're probably at least two decades behind um, when you look at the states, even Europe is is starting to come up with with, with their innovations and and their designs and architects and buildings. Uh, for me, really, it comes and, and I I talked about it in the in the course, the Rick Hansen course. Um, the big thing for me is is universal design. Uh, in the building code, it's it's really a recommendation for me. If if again we're straight or we're we're, we're shooting straight for the hip here, I believe it needs to be built in a code and what this does you're right it's not about me there, there's almost two billion people that are disabled in this world that number continues to rise as the days and the hours as the months tick by as baby boomers and, and society really gets older um so it's time we be proactive and with universal design we can do exactly that this this really opens up the the world to a sense of it it's it, you know, helps deaf people, it helps blind people, it helps autistic people, it helps invisible disabilities, it helps physical disabilities. Because you got to understand, when I talk about disability, it's not just me in a wheelchair. It's, you know, it's everybody. It's physical, mental, and invisible. And we all have three things we call the death row. And I talked about it Saturday. And that's death. Unfortunately, we're all going to die. Unfortunately, we have to pay taxes. But unfortunately as well, we're all going to have a disability. So it's time that society comes together. It's not about me. It's about we. And we really need to start making change together, building that bridge, understanding. I'm seeing a little bit of progress when it comes to bars and, and restaurants, especially uh, with our consulting work. We're, we're now the first ever disability consultant uh, to officially join a city um, as a, you know, as an official consultant. So I'm, I'm helping with a brand new civic center project in Spruce Grove. It's 130,000 uh, square foot building. And, and our job is to, to make that fully accessible from a scope again of, of everybody. And I, I'm, I'm quite frankly really using a universal design when it comes to my recommendations and input on that on that job. Hey, let me ask you about this because because I understand that you uh, through uh, we mentioned Athabasca University here through their Power Ed programs, uh, and people yeah. can check out powered.athabascau.ca. Uh, you had participated in accessible design training um, through Power Ed. Can you talk to us? about what yeah. that means. Can you talk to us about a couple big takeaways there? Because I know you're going to be educating people, including me right now. 
Yeah, so it, it's a 10-week course, and re- really it, it, it's a deep dive into accessibility. Uh, it, it goes into, you know, building uh, building design in the built environment on how, you know, change what code is, you know, currently, what code should be, what code was in the past, and how, you know, the differentiates between then and now. Um, and a big, it, it really, the, I guess the big component too is, is lived experience. And, and the, I think that's what I brought. It was a 10 week course. And, you know, just what really blew my mind that there was 22 of us in this course for 10 weeks. And there was only three of us, three of us that took this course with a disability. The rest were, you know, architects, designers. I mean, that's fantastic. That's great. People need that. But we need more people with disabilities out in the community. We need more people with disabilities with a voice really immersed in this program. It's going to help you. Uh, I think everybody should take this course at least once. You're going to understand if you're not affected by a disability now, you will be. I mean, I just talked about it. But it's going to help you understand why we need to make these changes now, why we need to be proactive, why it's, you know, there's a myth out there now that, you know, creating things more accessible is actually going to cost me more. It's going to, you know, all this money, and, and really it's not. If you build it right the first time, it doesn't cost you anything more than it does cost you a little bit more when you retrofit, when you go to, you know, knock down walls and that stuff. So that's why we got to teach people to, to build it right the first time. And then you don't have to, you don't have to worry about it. So it was a great course, a deep dive. For me, I, I'm going to be honest, Jespo, it was, I, I kind of had my blinders on when it came to, you know, I, I was just really worried about physical disabilities and people with wheelchairs. But it really did a, a, a deep dive and opened my eyes on, on what blind people face every day and how to make their lives better. What autistic people face every day, how to make their lives better, better communication, better understanding, how to talk to them, how to approach them, you know, deaf people, all that stuff too. So, so really a deep dive into the whole community as a whole and how to better integrate them into society. Cause let's be honest, it's, it's 2022. And there is a massive gap still in, in terms of discrimination, in terms of, you know, we're, we're not getting the same job opportunities. We're not getting the same really societal opportunities. So a guy like me stepping up with, with the, the big voice that I got, I mean, it's, it's time for change and, and it starts starts today. I'm so glad that you, you make the point that there are, I mean, there, there are, uh, you, you talk about two billion people on the face of the planet that either live with or are impacted by disabilities and people might go really 2 billion, like a, like that's essentially, you know, like more than a quarter of the population. But when you start making the point of, of, of these, what do you want to call them? I I don't mean to make up a new phrase on the spot or something, but like maybe visible or, or, or apparent as opposed to the relatively subtle, or I don't want to say invisible, but you know what I'm saying? You you never know another person's circumstance, right? You never know what somebody else is, is, uh, is dealing with and living with and, and the challenges that people are overcoming every single day. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and I mean, disability, we, we talk about Saturday, mental health is a disability and, and, in some way, shape, or form, right? Sure. So it comes, you're right. It comes in all forms. It's invisible. It's it's visible in my case. You know, I got four wheels. I drive around, so I, I stick out like a sore thumb. But, uh, you know, it's just, 
No, I, man, it, you stick out because of the energy you exude. <laughs> I see, I see you out and about the city. I know why you stick out. But you, hey, to, to be and I'm not taken away from the from the challenges that you that you deal with. Certainly, I'm just saying you're a like I said earlier. I don't I don't apply force of nature to everybody on this show. But but you certainly qualify. You know what I love that you also pointed out, Brad. You talk about you say you say like if disability does not impact you now, it will. Right. It will at some point. You've got a very unique perspective. Like we, we talk to people on this show. I mean, I just even look if people want to follow you on Twitter at broadcast and Brad, um, they can see your post just from the weekend. You know, your post where you said, you know, you, you talk about the International Day uh, for persons with disabilities. You say it was an emotional one for all of us. We made history. Uh, you, you show some photos of that of that really great uh, experience that you had in the city of Spruce Grove. Uh, people can check him out, and and then of course you show this this sledge hockey player. Is this Ben, a sledge hockey yeah, player? This is Ben, yeah, a friend of yours yeah. skating oh. out as the Scotiabank skater at the uh, Edmonton Oilers game. I mean that, that that's a big huge deal. Uh, that that was that was a massive deal, and and again when I when I speak of history, as far as we know, uh, I, obviously I've done my research, but this is the first of its kind with a person on a sled. Uh, on Oilers ice for the very first time uh, pre-game, so it was a really big deal. And then to have it on National Disability Day was was even more special. And and to have you know Ben out there and and his family. I mean, su- such a such a great family, a gracious family, and they had such a great time. So we we couldn't have been happier to to have Ben represent you know our community and and really our city, and hopefully uh, put people with disabilities really on the map because. I, I always talk about when you look at the word disability and you take away dis. I mean, you look at my company logo. I did that on purpose. You take away dis, what do you get? The ability. The ability of these people. And, and you look at those 2 billion people on the planet. Well, they got a, there's, there's some special people in that group with, with a ton of talent, with a ton of superpowers, with a ton of, you know, ability. And it's time as a, as a society, as a world that we start to, we start to elevate that. We start to see that. Mm-hmm. It, it's not weird. We're not aliens. I didn't come off a UFO. I was born under my mother like everybody else. Right? It's it, it's it's time that we start to have these these difficult conversations. Um, you know, I'm I'm here for a reason. Um, obviously I'm I'm I you know, God gave me he took away my legs but gave me a voice. I, I talk about that all the time and and, and it's just it, it really is time for change. I, I really feel we are long overdue, and when I talk about long overdue, I mean decades. Mm. But uh, there's no better time than right now to to have this conversation and start to start to really, you know, bring the world together. Because I think the world needs it after the three years that we just had. I didn't mention this in your introduction, but when you, you talk about your mom, uh, you talk about the day you were born. We sh- people would be interested to know uh, yours is a survival story, and this is not exaggerating one little bit. My understanding is when you were born with with cerebral palsy, that you were, your mom was told that you had you could have twenty four hours to live. I mean, here you are, twenty nine years later, my man. Yeah, you know the running joke now is I look pretty good for twenty nine years dead, right? It's, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, I, I was. My mom was 16, didn't know she was pregnant, was going in for an appendage surgery, believe it or not. Found out, uh, found out I was pregnant, or she was pregnant, and, and out came me. They hit the eject button. I was uh, three pounds. I could fit in the palm of your hand. That's how small I was. I spent 76 days in an incubator uh, fighting for my life. One fully developed lung. I had a brain bleed, you know, all that stuff. And then day 77, I finally got to go home. And it wasn't until about two years old 
that I got diagnosed with mild CP, severe spasticity. So what that means is my bones grow faster than my muscles. See, left side's pretty good, right side. I mean, it's a work in progress, but that's just how, you know, I, I live with it. And it's, it's not going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. Um, you know, and my mom was a kid herself at 16 when she had me. So when, when you got to understand, when she was 16, she didn't know where to go. She didn't know where to go for support. So I, I, I tell this story as an awareness piece. When she approached the government at 16 and said, where do I go? What do I do? I need support. I need help. The government told her that I wasn't disabled enough, that I, they wouldn't help me because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't over here, so I didn't need 24-7 care, and I wasn't over here, so I wasn't fully independent. I kind of fell between the cracks. And out of, that, out of those 2 billion people we talk about, there are so many of those people that fall between the cracks, they lose supports. They don't get supports. You know all this stuff, and and it's it's sad, man. It's um, and, and that's why I, I I looked at that. I I said I'm not I'm not sitting around. I'm not waiting another 29 years for somebody to do something for me or somebody to to finally make a policy change when I'm 50 years old or or realize that stuff needs to change. So I sit. I stepped up. I said, look at this. I need to be a voice for my community. Somebody needs us. You know, and, and I'm willing to go through, sleep my language, but I'm willing to go through the shit. I'm willing to go through the, you know, the, the doors closed in my face, all the other crap to make change. And when I look at these jerseys behind me, selfishly, I want a little boy or a little girl, you know, decades from now to look up with my name on the back of a jersey and say, I'm here or I'm where I am because he gave me hope. Because hmm. he gave me an opportunity. Because he kicked the door open that nobody else was willing to walk through and, and go through that fire. So, I mean, that that's why we're here. We're really here to to evict change for, for generations because that's that's what it's all about. And, and you know, when, when we sit at the dinner table and talk about people with disabilities, it, it's no longer weird. Hmm. It's just a part of a part of conversation. Uh, people on the podcast, he's got John Elway and Wayne Gretzky's jerseys behind him on the walls. Uh, who's the third one? Who's beside Gretz there? It's off camera. It looks to be another. Well, we got we got Connor McDavid oh, Connor, over here. There you go. And then we got Bobby Orr in oh, the wow. far corner. There you go. Uh, a few of the all-time greats there. I love these comments on the live chat. You've lit a fire under people today, buddy. Emma says, I worked with a universal design consultant on an auditing project, and he mentioned that people are only temporarily abled and Emma says that that really stuck with me, uh, which is great. And you're getting a, a, a bunch of comments, uh, compliments and admiration, Brad. I'll just read this one at, at random from Tracy, who says, you're such a phenomenal champion for persons with disabilities. Thank you for making a difference. Buddy, I love it. I love the work you're doing. Keep it up. People can check out what you do at disabilityabd.com, disabilityabd.com. That's disability accessible by design. Uh, I'm going to ask you to give us an assignment. One thing to think about on the heels of Saturday's International Day for Persons with Disabilities. Give us one thing to think about this week and to act on. Just communication, man. A ask questions. You see somebody out, they're struggling in the snow, you know, you see somebody out that maybe looks different or doesn't look different. You just you just see they're struggling or having a hard time. Just ask questions. I mean, be courteous. Just it's again, I'll leave you with it's it's not about me. It's about we come together. It, we need to make change. And again, the time is now and we need to do it together. That's Brad Bartko. Have an amazing week, my man. Yeah, thanks so much. Jeff. Take care. Yeah, you got it. 
How's that for a reality check? How's that yeah. for a perspective check? Great guy. Love that guy. What a beauty. I love it. He's like, <laughs> I, and you know what? Can I say this is kind of funny? Uh, we're, we're coming straight out of the other interview with mm-hmm. the Titan. And uh, Brad comes on and says, I didn't know I was going to be on with two legends. <laughs> yeah. And he gives the shout out to you. And I'm like, oh, Adler's going to. Adler's going to send us a strongly worded email. After yeah, if that. you follow the Oilers, you've heard of Brad. Of course, and that's you know that's how I came to know of him too. But just yeah. doing amazing work, and yeah, we needed that today too. After, right? Yeah. After yeah. A stressful. Well, we got like long weekend, heavy conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, we were going to take on like politics. There's one story that I've actually left on the table. I haven't even touched the story. Did you hear about the the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights? Mm-hmm. We, we've had their the, their head honcho. I don't know what his title, executive director, president, whatever he is. Rod Giltaka has been on the show before. Mm-hmm. I'm like appalled uh, by a story involving them over the weekend. I'm not going to get into it right this second. I will in a minute. But uh, I, I was kind of like leaving that on the table. I wanted to tee that up with Adler. But then I also just thought it's too much venom. It's too much. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need to get us so angry and yeah. so upset mm-hmm. uh, before heading into something super positive and inspirational but mm-hmm. but also i love that that brad's not afraid to call a spade a spade he's not yeah. afraid to to call out designers and builders and general members of society us included if we're yeah. not doing our part if we're not yeah. acting in, or taking you know challenges seriously for for yeah, i mean you even say give us an assignment give us something to think about he's like think about snow outside yeah something like if you're a business owner like shoveling the walk in front of your store yeah that's like a small thing that to somebody is a huge thing i think about it all the time when the winter months come because it must be so hard i love how he said and you did too temporarily abled whoever that said that great from emma we're all gonna you know lose our vision we're all gonna have trouble walking we're all gonna eventually have to deal with this stuff so like you know let's push it now let's make things better now because we're all gonna have to deal with it i know it kind of sounds selfish but everyone's gonna have to think about it eventually well and 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 Quite honestly, we are selfish people. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times... Well, not so selfish, but we're kind of... No, we are. Day-to-day, A to B. We think about us, our immediate family, and, and that's kind of we're our selfish. sphere. Yeah. It's okay. Like it's, I almost find it's like liberating to, to acknowledge that we are selfish. Mm-hmm. And typically, there are people that are altruistic and generous and empathetic. But when do you act most? You act most... When you or someone that you love is directly impacted by something. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. That's just how life works. There's probably something that's hardwired into us as animals that we protect our own first. Mm -hmm. Right? I was was talking to somebody that's helping me with my own personal health and well-being, and they were describing how I I eat like animals do, Mm -hmm. like wild dogs back in the day. You know, they didn't didn't know when the next meal was coming, so they would just gorge until they couldn't eat anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they may go days and days without eating. The point is, you say, where is he going with where this? Where is the point, Ryan? The point is, <laughs> we're still wired to be the animals that we are. Yeah. And, and I think as we get older, we get a little more empathetic, sympathetic. Like, I hope so. Uh, you know what? It's something I used to think was so annoying when I was like 18 to 30. People coming to your door and giving you the spiel and trying to get donations. Now when people come to my door, I listen. I'm like, what do you, what, what, who are you trying to represent? What is this? Tell me more. Come inside. Let me, let me see the brochure. I gave, uh, uh, Jace hated it. It was late at night, but I let someone in. They came by at like 8 30, 9 o'clock a few weeks ago. They were selling, uh, 
you give donations and they buy uh, uh, computers and they refurbish them and give them to students who can't afford. Okay. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And then I was like, here's a crappy computer I also have. Like, just take this. Yeah. You know, refurb it. But like, I Did think- you wipe the hard drive first? <laughs> it was already like- pretty- Are they in your online banking as I we speak? T- I tried to bring it back to life and yeah. it was already wiped. But oh, I was okay. like, take this and take a donation. But I think we have this tendency to just kind of write people off. Like I said, if it's not in our sphere, if we don't know someone who's dealing with something, right? So, yeah. 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 Absolutely true. Uh, I want to get to that story. Uh, about the the firearm rights advocates in just a second there it is it is like uh, there's not a lot to say about it it's just absolutely <laughs> isn't it it's mind-boggling stories are getting are you, so much easier to deal with one well, it's just like ridiculous. who is calling the shots over there <laughs> wait till, if you haven't heard this story you're not going to believe it you're not going to believe this story but first if you're looking to make an impression at a holiday party Over this next month, or for that matter, around the calendar year, why not make an impression with the Dairy Queen cake? From the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, or Baseline Road, if you are in our neck of the woods, these Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park have nailed the cake game. That's right, there's the DQ cake that makes any occasion a happy occasion. Of course, you can go with the Blizzard cake. I personally recommend the Treats of Pizza as well. And of course, the classic Dairy Queen ice cream cake customized to whatever your celebration calls for. You go to DairyQueen.com or DQCakes.com. Use the drop-down menu to find the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, my home DQ, or Baseline Road, and you can order your custom cake there. At Apex Automation, they are giving people back their time on two fronts. Number one, their clients, their partners, those that they're doing work for, I mean, across the resource sector in Canada, the tech sector in Canada, brewing, they're automating it all, and they're giving their employees back their time as well, opening remote offices, making sure that as many times as is possible, their professional engineers are back at home in the evening with their families, regardless of where the work is happening. You can learn more about career opportunities today and, of course, learn more about what they're doing in engineering, fabrication, and automation at apexautomation.ca. If you've been slipping and sliding over area roads and highways over the past few days, you may not need to be convinced that it might be time to upgrade your ride. You know, more people in North America have trusted the Jeep brand since the 1940s than any other SUV The 2022 Grand Cherokee and Jeep Wagoneer, right now, you will not find a better selection of those legendary rigs than you will at Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge. You can get pre-approved for financing, check out their new and pre-owned specials, and even chat with a member of their sales team by visiting them online today. You can check them out under the Sponsors tab on our website. And our friends at Local Environmental Services want to remind you that though it may seem like it's only garbage, dealing with a team for waste and recycling management, it's so much more. If you work with Local Environmental Services, they believe that communities deserve better. That means better service, uh, better prices, and even more support for local causes. If you're a business owner in Alberta or Saskatchewan, I encourage you to request a quote today. I guarantee you'll find a better deal with local environmental services at localenvironmental.ca. Now, a reminder is uh, you're about to become infuriated. I would virtually guarantee that we do have positive reflections coming up in (laughs) 
about four nice minutes setup. from now. Well, I like to just yeah. remind us that we can go on these emotional, uh, these almost visceral feeling roller coasters of mm-hmm. thought and opinion, and then we'll always send you out on a Monday with positivity front of mind. Bring thanks you back to, our to center Kubi before Energy. it's done. So here's the deal. Uh, coming up uh, tomorrow, December 6th, obviously, the nation will mourn as we remember and recognize the anniversary of the Montreal Massacre, the, the shooting at L'Ecole Polytechnique. We've been talking about this last week's conversation, a powerful one with Anna Maria Tremonti, a legendary uh, broadcaster, storyteller, Gemini Award winner, and of course, as she told us, a survivor of domestic violence. Well, since that shooting, there's been an organization known as Poly Sesuvian, uh, Poly Remembers. It's an advocacy group. Uh, you can check them out online at polysesuvian.ca. And they work uh, to advocate for tougher gun laws across the country. And in particular, people are paying attention to Canada's gun laws right now because of Bill C-21. And there are proposed changes to Canada's gun laws that are raising the ire of many gun owners coming from many different backgrounds and circumstances, including at the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. Now, you've heard them in particular, Rod Giltaka from that group on this show before. Well, the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights has taken issue with this group out of Quebec. So much so that as Polly Sesuvian from their, uh, by the way, the translation Polly Remembers uh, from their Twitter account has, has been critical of the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. And so what did the CCFR decide to do about it in response? Uh, this just a couple of days ago, uh, leading up to the anniversary of the Montreal Massacre. Well, they've put out a promo code with the promo code Polly. You can save 10% on all merchandise at shop.firearmrights.ca. That's right. A promo code, Polly, to save 10% on merchandise from the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights leading up to the anniversary of the Montreal Massacre. Now, the spokesperson, Tracy Wilson, for the group says that the, the promotion is not about the tragedy, but it's about the Twitter account of the advocacy group that operates in memory and motivated by the tragedy. Is referred to coalition supporters as gun trolls, says we want a reduction to crime, violence and gun smuggling. They want a reduction in legal gun ownership. And so, of course, they figure that this is the appropriate time to roll out a promo code, Polly, just a few days, a couple of weeks, as a matter of fact, when it was first pushed out before the anniversary of the tragedy. Now, I don't have a ton to say about this because it boggles the mind. And quite frankly, what is the importance of words when oftentimes the feeling that this invokes probably says it all. Am I missing the mark on this? Is there something I'm not understanding? Or is this one of the most despicable, deplorable marketing moves that we've ever seen? The Montreal Massacre, one of the lowest points in our nation's history, 
that demands conversations like the one we had last week with Anna Maria Tremonti and this advocacy group that desires to be taken seriously, that desires to have Canadians' ears in the context of reasonable, reputable, credible conversation about what gun laws should look like in the country takes an opportunity like this to, in my mind, completely disgrace itself and lose all credibility. Now, we'll be contacting the CCFR for comment on this. I'm very curious to see if they'll grant us an interview. In the meantime, I would suggest that you'll do what you're probably already doing, which is apply this circumstance to your assessment of whether or not that group deserves your respect and your consideration in the points they make. Oftentimes, it takes just a second. Oftentimes, it can take just one initiative, even one response to a situation like this to tell you all you need to know about the way that a group is wired. We welcome your thoughts anytime to talk at ryanjesperson.com. Of course, you can hit us up using our promo code as well. That's Real Talk RJ. Is good, there anything good, you wanted to add to that? Am I missing no. the mark on any of that? I was trying to think of something and like it's I disgusting. Read, it's I read disgusting. the story three times. Like, it's like, am I missing something here? Yeah, it's it's not about the tragedy. It's like it's if, about the group. Uh huh. It's like if in the states they were trying to sell AR-15s and hashtag using the promo code Sandy Hook or something. Like I I just don't know who. <sighs> I just don't know who came up with this and why. Yeah. Dwayne says, when you try to capitalize on a horrific tragedy, people lost their lives and others suffer immensely. Quite frankly, you're disgusting. Les says, if this is the example of responsible gun ownership, sign me out. Right? Hope says, the class that this shows, uh-huh. Beyond disgusting, Luke says, absolutely vile. All right. We agree, real talkers. I think something else we can all agree on is that every Monday... We can use an opportunity to find a silver lining, right? To restore our faith in humanity or in this circumstance, maybe human's best friend. Yeah, it's presented by our friends at Kubi Energy. It's Positive Reflections, our Monday tradition. And this week, we introduce you to a one-eared dog named Van Gogh. Now, here's the deal. Van Gogh, a pit bull, a seven-year-old pit bull mix, lost his left ear after being used as a bait dog in a dog fighting ring in North Carolina. Tough early years for Van Gogh. But Jacqueline Gartner, the founder and president of a nonprofit in North Carolina called Happily Forever After Rescue, they operate, as a matter of fact, out of Connecticut, saw a photo of, 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 of Van Gogh injured and bleeding and immediately knew she wanted to help him. She was inspired by her late pit bull mix named Tyler. That's specifically why she created the rescue, Johnny. She wanted to help overlooked shelter dogs like pit bulls. And so Van Gogh's story really resonated. She said, I had love for this dog, so so they flew him in. They had volunteer pilots. I mean, this is really unbelievable. A team <laughs> effort uh, to get Van Gogh from North Carolina to Connecticut. And says when he got off the plane, his tail was wagging and he was rubbing up against everybody. And he was so friendly right out of the gates. But but here's the deal. Uh, inspired perhaps by his, his namesake, they realized uh, that Van Gogh had a certain special ability. Mm-hmm. He had the ability to create 
He had the ability to to paint. Now, of course, they were looking for a a perfect adopter. They're looking for his perfect home. And and there were a few hurdles in the way. He barks at other dogs, and he needed to be in a home without other pets. And so they thought they'd take the creative approach to find Van Gogh a home. They wondered if he might be able to recreate Van Gogh's classic piece, The Starry Night. They decided that whoever adopted Van Gogh would also receive the painting. And so they placed dollops of paint on an 8 by 10 inch canvas, and then they sealed it in a large plastic bag, and then they put a thin coat of peanut butter on top of the plastic to get Van Gogh really excited about it. And as you can see, he's there painting with his tongue, getting that plastic clean. All that peanut butter off. Of course, the paint underneath the plastic. They said totally adorable. And I think we can all agree, if you're seeing this on YouTube, the finished product, an absolute masterpiece. Absolutely amazing. Well, here's the deal. People started actually inquiring about buying work by Van Gogh, the dog, even commissioning pieces. And there's a a very happy story here. Uh, The story is not over. It's continuing. However, one of the individuals that stepped forward inquiring about the art actually found that there was a perfect fit for Van Gogh in their home. And that's why he has now been rescued officially by a positive reinforcement trainer, as a matter of fact. The praise report is that he's feeling less anxious around other dogs, and you can follow Van Gogh on Instagram now at officialVGDog. At officialVGDog. They say that they're getting messages from other people with pit bull-type dogs and say that there are a lot of amazing opportunities out there to adopt this breed that, yeah, to be honest, gets a bit of a bad rap. But this is a good news story. The rescue of Van Gogh, the one-eared <laughs> pit bull. What a fantastic story. This one was submitted by a real talker. And Melanie, we thank you for that. You can send us your nomination, your submission for Positive Reflections any time of the day to talk at ryanjesperson.com. It can be a personal story, a random act of kindness, somebody who paid it forward, something that made you laugh. Maybe it's a video of your kids getting their photos with Santa. Who knows? Our friends at Kubi Energy are always keen to see what's putting a smile on your face, what's filling your buckets. And of course, you can get your free solar quote today at kubienergy.ca. Coming up on tomorrow's Real Talk, we're going to take a look at that FTX collapse. Have you been following this? This crypto exchange that just went belly up? I mean, the ripples, the major waves that it sent through the world of new finance, it can't be overstated. We're going to talk to an expert behind a Globe and Mail column about why he says it's a train wreck that maybe should have been seen from miles away. Chris Clearfield is going to be our guest. Plus, we'll keep our eyes on the stories making top political news across the country. A little bit later on this week, we're going international. We're going to talk to a real talker who's celebrating the one-year anniversary of her time abroad. She joins us every day here on the show. You probably know Aggie Loves Eggs on Twitter. She's going to be our guest coming up on Thursday. Make it a great Monday, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Executive producer, Josh Dunford. Technical producer, John Hicks. General manager, Katie Cook-Chivers. Account coordinator, Lawrence Durlego. Human resources, Lena Shepard. 
Website design, Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Randy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a relay project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.